0: Hi there, and welcome to Will's Winos, where great friends talk about great wines. Today, we're going to be sitting down with Daniela Tavo. Daniela is a wine aficionado, appreciator, and loves all things good wine. So, Daniela, tell us, how did you get to the wine
1: world? Well, you know, I I would say first of all that I didn't start in the wine world because no one starts in the wild wine world. Well, well, never born unless you are born into winery, which there are a few people. Um, but I've always been a person who enjoys things that that look and feel good. I love beauty. I love aesthetics. I love I love sensory perception. I love things that sound beautiful, that look beautiful, that feel beautiful, that are, are that smell beautiful. And um, uh, I've always enjoyed. For me, I, I I would not I would not characterize myself as a wine expert. I would, mm-hmm. I would characterize myself as someone who's been around the world, who's tried a lot of different things. And I know what I like, and I know what I don't like. So I think, you know, when it comes to wine, just kind of like it comes to art, it's more about knowing yourself than even necessarily knowing about wine. And I think people sometimes get a little daunted about like, uh, sh- should I like this wine or shouldn't I like this wine? And at the end of the day, it's like, well, how do you feel? It's not just the taste of it. How do you feel when that wine hits your palate? What what memories does, does it evoke? What What senses. Do you feel it in different places in your mouth? Do you, do you, do you you feel like you're transported to your happy place? Um, and, um, I've, I've always felt, you know, when I, when I have a good wine, it, it, it feeds something in my soul that other things cannot feed. If Mm -hmm. that makes sense. It's kind of like when I listen to music, Mm -hmm. you know, and music that I really enjoy, it also feeds a part of my soul that other places can't feed. And when I, when I feel that I, I know it.
0: And that—that's the thing that a lot of people, um, people tend to get intimidated by wine, when in my own personal belief, it shouldn't necessarily be something that they're intimidated by because it's a, it's a, it's a way to express one of your your senses, right? We look at art, and that's a we're invoking the the sense of sight. Uh, we look, we think of smell and perfume and cologne and whatever might take you back somewhere touch when it comes to something, um, around, um, what you might be feeling on a sweater or a coat that you might be wearing. And then when it comes to the sense of taste, wine is something that draws the experience out of you. So I a hundred percent understand what you're saying by it invoking certain feelings, emotional, uh, feelings as a result of pushing your senses to the next level.
1: You know, and I would say something a little strange, which is, um, you know, I, I don't like bad wines. Who does? Right but sometimes I'll I'll taste a wine that I don't really like and I say, this just reminds me of why I like the other wines so right. much. <laughs> and why, I, why I appreciate it so much more. It's a little bit of a validation.
0: Right? Oh, I agree 100%. I recently got back from a trip and uh, the wines that we had, uh, two of the four nights that we were down there were just not good. And when I got back home, I uh, popped open a bottle last night and was like, you know what? This brings me back to my happy place. All right, so you're a native Washingtonian, and uh, tell us about the Washington scene because you've been here for a good while, and you've seen it evolve from a city that, that wasn't necessarily more than just a tourist destination to see the Capitol and White House to now a vibrant food world, a vibrant wine world, and you've seen this evolution. So t- tell us about your experience with that.
1: Well, you know, it's amazing. I mean, there, D.C. is a very transient city, right? When, when I grew up here, no one lived in Northern Virginia unless you were a spook and you lived right. in McLean, right? And D.C. closed down at, at 5 p.m., right? And, and if you went to the Kennedy Center and you wanted to grab a bite to eat, you went to one of the restaurants in the hotels, right? And you hoped, you. sometimes you had to ask them to open up for you, right. um, and they reluctantly did so. So it's changed quite a bit, and I, I remember, you know, it was a very sleepy government town. And then... Um, Things changed. I, I think we went through this really weird um, phase in the 1980s when we were the murder capital of the world, and it became so so seedy that something had to give. Um, so maybe a little bit of history. I, I recall um, some of these houses that were, you know, in areas that are almost unaffordable right now, um, and they were selling houses. I don't know if you remember this for about a dollar. They were auctioning them off, and they said, "We'll sell you the house for a dollar, but you have to promise that you're going to invest in the house." and and it just started this, you know, d c. is a city of neighborhoods. Right. You know, no no building can be taller than the Washington Monument. So mm-hmm. it, which is is very um uh, good for cultivating neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um so it's evolved, and I would say the past number of years, there are so many really good restaurants because there is a market for it. Right. You know, we have transients from all over the place who, you know, whether they're from New York or from Boston or around the world, mm-hmm. who could demand, you know, a caliber of of of, of nightlife, of, of art, of music, of wine, of of all things that that are really refined. Right. Um, so it's it's really nice to see, you know, and it's nice to see since the pandemic how the city's also kind of bounced back.
0: And and jumped up. Exactly. So all right. Well, I'm super excited to try your wines today. We got a white and we got a port, first of its kind on this podcast. So let's dive right into it. All right, Daniela. I'm super excited to try this wine. Uh, P fumet. you brought it in, said it was one of your favorites. So uh, tell me about it.
1: This wine reminds me of um of time in France. So I spent many years. I had a house in the middle of France. And you know, a lot of people when they go to France, they think about Paris, right? And, and I have a love-hate relationship with Paris, but I have a pure love relationship with the middle of France. Okay. And um, if you go into the middle of France, a little bit south of Paris and then Orléans, and you hit mm-hmm. the Loire Valley, you find some of the most beautiful wines. And and I love what I love about these, and it's not a big wine, right, mm-hmm. um, is any wine that you get from this region, whether it's a Pouilly Fumé or if it's a Sancerre or Muscadet, they're all fantastic. Um, they're all simple. And they remind you of just kind of a crisp tablecloth and having a little uh, tomato tart and sitting out in the veranda and soaking okay. in sunshine and looking at the field of the sunflowers. And so, for me, it's a, it's a very personal feeling that that I get from this, and it, I think it pairs very nicely with most of the food that we like to eat these days. I think most people don't necessarily eat the heavy, you know, meat and potatoes right, like we right. used to many years ago. They want something lighter, they like Saving, vegetables. fish, whatever. Exactly, and and chicken, and 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 um, quiche and tarts. Um, so these never disappoint me. They're always a little bit fruity. Yeah. Um, the the grape is a Sauvignon Blanc. mm mm-hmm. And um, they're consistently delicious. But this this particular region produces so much wine that it's hard to find a bad one.
0: Okay. Well, cheers. Cheers. Cheers to you.
1: And thank you for the invitation.
0: wow it's very fruity but at this and oaky i would say um but it's very light
1: it's very light
0: if you were to do like um um like a salmon with some citrus on it some lemons or something like that i think it would pair exceptionally well um, even just some regular old flounder as, as my mom used to cook it in the microwave <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> with some butter and salt and pepper. This is absolutely delicious.
1: Well, it's good for day drinking. That's the thing, which is really nice. If you want to go out and have a nice business lunch and you don't want to get sauced, mm-hmm. you know, and you want a nice um, uh, uh, a bottle that you can have a couple of glasses, um, this is perfect.
0: Yeah, it's Sunday afternoon. If you're out there and you do want to get sauced, this would be an excellent selection. <laughs> <laughs>
1: You can get sauce, too. That's right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But typically, you know, it's it's interesting with these wines. They have a lower um, alcohol content because okay. of the region that they come from. So 12.5% right, versus right. like a 13%. It's a yeah. huge difference, you know, or 13.5%. Mm-hmm. All
0: right. Now, I have to ask this question of every single wine. If you're going to get fast food, what are you going to pair this with?
1: Chicken sandwich. You know what I would do?
0: Chicken sandwich from where?
1: <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Chick-fil-A of course okay. I mean you know I wasn't even going down that path that wouldn't be fantastic <laughs> or you could put some McNuggets in a sandwich or a, no, no, or with a Chick-fil-A Chick-fil-A with
0: this <laughs> with a chicken sandwich would be absolutely spectacular
1: yes and if I were at home and doing the fast food I would take some leftover chicken just slice it thinly put it on a yeah. nice little hoagie roll toast it put a little bit of caramelized onion throw it on top and you know nice. it'd be perfect for that
0: okay no this is absolutely delicious and uh, I guess I need to go to Chick-fil-A after this. (laughs) This is the first time we're talking about port. And I'm pretty excited about it because port wine is really the wine that turned me on to wine. Back in the day, a long time ago in another life, I was visiting my uncle. My cousin came to visit. My uncle had to work one particular day. He left a note. He left a couple of bucks for pizza. And he said, hey, guys, help yourself to, to the wine. And we just started grabbing bottles that looked interesting to us. And one of them was a port bottle, and we proceeded to say, hey, we like this. Let's keep drinking it. And since port is such a much higher alcohol content as a fortified wine, we got shit cans. Um, <laughs> but it was absolutely spectacular, and port is one of my favorite wines, so I'm happy we can talk about it. So, Daniela, tell us about your port.
1: Okay, but I, I have a question. Did you? Did I understand correctly that this is your first port for this?
0: for this podcast, yes.
1: You're kidding, oh my
0: God. Yeah, okay. yeah, so I'm very eager to talk about it.
1: I love port, so I, I, I think folks may or may not know how port is made, that it's aged until you have about half the uh, uh, sugar content of the grape, and then you fortify it, right? right. So it's about 20% alcohol. The thing I love about port, first of all, I like sweet. I like sweet wines. There's another one that I almost brought today called uh, Pinot de Chalon, which is one of oh. my favorites. Very similar, it's about 17%, but port can, can stand alone. Um, it's definitely my happy place because I, I can just sit there with a cheese board, like some crackers, some good hard cheeses, maybe a couple of soft ones, some nuts and some apricots, and I am in my happy place. So port brings me to my happy place. Um, I'm a bit of a social drinker, I would say. I'm not a big drinker. When I when I drink, I drink socially. But it's one of the um, few alcohols I love to just sit down at the end of a long day and just have uh, a glass of port. Take a sip of no.
0: So how is this one? What are we? What are, what are, what are we getting into?
1: Well, this is a thirty-year-aged port. There are several different types of port. They come basically from a few different types of grapes, but.
0: Wow. You like? You tasted chocolate at the end with almonds. Yes. It's very good.
1: Oh, that, and you really taste the chocolate. Very strong yeah. in this one, don't you? Mm-hmm. I mean, that is delicious.
0: So so one of the things about port, a lot of people think that it's it's solely a dessert wine. I think it's an every time type of wine. It is. So I'm not going to necessarily pair this with, 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 with my main course, but I have no problem in drinking port by itself, like you said, with a cheese plate, just relaxing. Mm-hmm. Um, or, and this is going to sound so bizarre, but a number of years ago, I first did it I had port on a hot, steamy summer day sitting outside. And it was just like, it was one of those DC hot, humid summer days. And I was like, I'm gonna have port. And it was the similarities between the temperature outside and the humidity, and then the the general flavor of the port. It really pulls you in and brings you to the here and now in terms of um, just settling into the flavor. Yeah. Um the temperature is, i know this isn't part of a lot of uh uh wine courses, but um the temperature in which you're drinking wine I think has an effect. At least it does on me. Oh it does. Not the temperature of the wine, but the air temperature. And uh when it comes to port, I think on a hot steamy day, if you haven't tried it, go ahead and try it. Um when it's humid outside, it is somewhat refreshing because it's so
1: sweet it's so versatile yeah. i mean you can have it before dinner you can have it after dinner you can have yeah. it with dinner you can have it on a steamy porch on a you know i wintry cabin in front of a fireplace it's also really nice but it definitely commands your attention and i do have to say this um my first taste i really tasted the chocolate the second taste i could not ignore the almond in the middle of the tongue right, right. You're, you're right mm-hmm. and a, a little bit of a honey taste i mean it's just, I definitely oh, tastes the goodness. honey wow
0: so one thing that, that people might notice is we're using smaller glasses. A reason for that is uh, the higher alcohol content. Uh, and I, I got to put out a this flavor because I've had a lot of port. Uh, the higher sugar content level increases the hangover. So and, and drinker beware.
1: <laughs> I definitely, so I'm sensitive to like a lot of wines when it comes to headaches. And that's okay. one of the litmus test so there are many wines that i really like but you know if i drink more than a half a glass i I definitely end up with some type of headache right um if the port is really good Mm -hmm. i i tend to have less of a problem but that's what one of the things i liked about the last wine that we had is i could drink it all day long and never have a problem yeah never have a problem
0: so well cheers this has been spectacular
1: thank you so much for me too
0: when the last drop comes out of the glass it's time to go as always, thank you for joining us on Will's Winos. We'd like to thank our guests, our producers, Daniel Enriquez and Lamar Lusk, our media company at Drava Media. Till next time, drink safe and enjoy great wine and great friends.